Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. Every action you take to help the late talkers in your life is important. As you listen and take in the advice on this show, always remember that the fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. 2022 is the year of connection. It is my intention to provide information and resources to help all language facilitators evolve their natural connection with the late talkers in your life. Parents, caregivers, and therapists worldwide have proven that when they connect and enjoy the process of spoken language, it emerges naturally. Right, so what I want to do now is I've got three questions that I got from this week on the YouTube channel. And this comes from Rajesh, who is on YouTube. And this came on a video um, probably about Einstein syndrome. That's one of my most commonly watched videos where most parents are fearing diagnosis, right? They're fearing their kids being labeled as having some sort of disorder when, in fact, on the other hand, they have accelerated brain development, potentially neurological development in one area or another might be accelerated but they're not using speech to talk about it because they're still very young and the neuro the neural development that's happening is regarding processing and analyzing and all of that but it's not developing in the speech output area and that happens because smart late talkers do not have any interest in sharing their information. They're more interested in processing and solving the problems and coming up with the solutions in their own mind. They don't care about other people's judgment of their success unless they say, look what I've done. While they're in the process, your good job, hey, going what's going on might not even be interesting to them because they're so focused on what they're doing. And this often gets kids the diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder because here they are not sharing what they know. And that's a number one red flag of autism. Now, if you want to learn more about that, you can just Google Einstein's syndrome and you'll see it on my channel. But this is the comment that I got from one of the moms. And and here it says a lot about what these evaluations, what these um, screeners, what these checklists, what this does to parents. And Rajesh's mindset is all focused on worry in this statement. And that's why I wanted to point it out. So I don't know why in this video I got hurt by the word your late talker. I just want to know, just want to know, I guess I got it in there twice, whether the late talker can become a normal talker. They want to know, like, why do I call them all late talkers? Well, the first thing is, actually, that if if your child is not using the speech that you want to hear them using, then there's a problem, okay? You have a problem. Right now, what the situation is and the reason that I call them all late talkers is because they're simply not talking yet. And that's because they're young and they're only been on the planet for a certain period of time. And all of their focus of their time is on receptive and processing. Like I said, they're not caring about 
sharing the information that they learn. They're not even learning how to produce it in a way that they can share it. They're just understanding and pro oh, that's I now I understand now I know and they want to understand at a deeper level than just a label. They want to know why is that called a cat and why are there so many kinds of them and why is that one bigger than that one and why do some have claws and other ones don't and why are why 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 that's what's going on in the late talkers head right. So why do I use the term late talker because when we're talking about a problem and I'm talking to people who want to know how to solve that problem, everybody has the same problem. This kiddo is not talking and we know they know things. We know they're smart. We know they have knowledge. We know they have information inside of them and ideas and creativity and all of that stuff. In fact, you know it because you have seen it in their behavior. They're solving problems. They're writing, they're reading, they're doing all these things. They're just not talking yet, right? And that's because in their short lifespan, they've learned these other things first. They just learned them first and they haven't learned talking yet. Now, why? Because it's not important to them. It's more important to you. Think about your late talker. Are they unhappy that they're not talking? Are they frustrated that their needs aren't being met? No, because you are making the effort to meet their needs and understand them. They don't have to work hard, extra hard to try to talk because you're making it easier for them to get through life without speech, right? That's why language facilitation, I work on parents and caregivers instead of working on kids. Because when you realize that when you choose to teach the right words, the words that the child wants to hear, not the words that you want to hear, the words that they want to say, the words that they need to share these ideas that they're clearly demonstrating with their behavior when they're solving problems, instead of silently watching them in awe, start talking about what's going on. And that's how late talkers turn into talkers. When you make their thoughts relevant in the world and important enough to say, that's what happens to all of us. Think about you when you're in a conversation. You're thinking about whatever, and somebody else says something that resonates that is almost exactly what you're thinking. You almost can't help yourself but chime in, right? If you're not really a talker, you're just going to listen. You're going to look at them. You're going to stay by them. If you're seeing that behavior in your child, that means they're learning from you. And if you're not talking during those times, you're missing your opportunities to be a language facilitator. And so, Will lay talkers turn into talkers? They absolutely can. Every child, every lay talker has potential to be a talker when someone teaches them the words that they want to say. That's when late talkers turn into talkers. And it's my mission to help all of them. As many as possible turn into talkers because we need that knowledge. We, they are super smart. They're going to be creating the systems we use in the world. They're engineering, the medical, the art, the brilliance. 
that we need in our future. They're busy figuring it out when they're young. And when we get them able to communicate their ideas and share and debate that when other people's ideas and compare with new knowledge in school and in, with professors and things like that, when we get them to that point where they can use speech clearly and easily, that's when it explodes. And one person over here is thinking of something brilliant and another person over here is thinking of something brilliant and they come together and talk about it. That means it's getting into the world. And that's the whole mission of Waves of Communication is turning late talkers into talkers. But it's not me. It's not a therapist. It's not anybody else who can do it. It's you as the parent and caregiver. You are the one that is equipped and hopefully empowered with the resources on my Waves of Communication channel. And like this mom is, I know that you're doing them. But if you are triggered by my kid's a late talker, that means you're thinking about the problem and you're not focused on providing the spoken language. All those other five tips I just gave you will go out the window if you're worried. There's only so much time on in a day. How much of it are you going to spend worrying about what other people are calling your kid and helping them become what you want them to become a talker? It's up to you if you want your kiddo to not be a late talker anymore. You're the one that can facilitate it. It's up to them to decide to be a talker, but it's up to you to facilitate that transition. And that's why I made this workbook. And it's not about teaching them to do stuff. It's about connecting with them because when you connect with them and you enjoy what they're enjoying and they enjoy what you're enjoying and you talk about, about it at the same time, Language happens. It just happens naturally. So that's how you're going to go. All right. That was a big one. Kind of, you know, really get into thinking about your mindset. How are you thinking about this process? Why are you doing it? Why are you watching this video? What do you want to develop? Don't you want to change and be happy every day? I don't need a break from language facilitation coaching because it is super fun. I help people have fun every single day. If they're worried, I show them how to have fun. If they're struggling, I show them how to have fun. If they're feeling like they're not making enough progress, I show them how to have fun. Because when you have fun, you make progress. Everybody does. And if it's slower than average, it doesn't matter because you're having fun. But if you're worried, and pushing for fast progress and you're having a terrible time every day, you're struggling, you're frustrated, you're crying with each other, you're laying your head on the pillow at night worrying, will my kid ever be a talker? That means you're not on a plan. You don't have an itinerary. You don't have a strategy ready to go. And that's why you're stuck. Okay. This coaching is about you helping this lay talker find their speech. And you can do it. You can do it. Okay, enough of the lecture. Let's get into the next question I have. All right. This one came after, uh, is on one of the other very popular topics on my channel is parents who have late talkers who have had ear fluid or ear infections, and they've seen regression as a result. So it always happens very commonly. I can't say always 100% of the time, but I would say 90 plus percent if there are chronic ear infections or chronic ear fluid doesn't even have to be infected, can be allergies, can be 
tonsil issues that if they're really big and you're, you know, all that stuff, ear, nose and throat issues, unresolved ear, nose and throat issues always cause late talking because this is the physical mechanism that's required for speech. You have to be able to hear and all that. And you will see regression in this case. Now, this one is says my little one regressed with both verbal and nonverbal communication. So again, it's the same situation that happened with that Einstein syndrome child speech and hearing speech just became unimportant for the child. Whatever they were processing wah, 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 was sounding like it was underwater and or it didn't have any meaning for them. So that probably when the child digressed and we're talking about little kids, I think they were saying, you know, this is one that's, you know, in the twos, this is when they do this surgery. They start around 18 months and then they have some regression. It's very challenging for parents to know because at 16 to 18 months, you're not picking out how is my child communicating? There's no patterns to it. It's all trial and error. They might try something once and it works for them and they might never use it again. At that stage, there are no patterns. So anybody who's trying to see this is what's going on with your kiddo at that that stage, you're going to have to see significant patterns. There's not like it happening every day, multiple times a day. And when those things happen, like kids start toe walking, kids start repetitive behaviors, things like that. Oh, that's when the autism diagnosis things come out again and parents get Stop focusing on the ear, nose, and throat issues and start working on behavior control when it's not going to help a child who can't hear. But this one, this mom did. And what they did was they had surgery. So they were this in the video. I was talking about signs that look like autism, but are actually ear infections. And in this case, it's the regression one they saw. And they're seeing some improvement, but they're not sure how to make out what counts as joint attention. And very similar to the last one that I was talking about here, we were talking about how do you know if the child is listening? If they're not talking to you, if they're not saying things, if they're not coming to you and bringing you things because they're processing a lot of stuff in their own head on their own, how do you know if they are listening when you start talking? You will see a difference in behavior. So anytime you make a change in how you communicate, it has to be a big change, it has to be consistent, two to three hours every day. If you change your communication habits two to three hours every day, you will see a change in the child. It just happens. They pick up stuff from other places. We're going to talk about that in the next question. And they start to use them. If it's something that you say often and you use often, they will pick it up and start to use it for themselves. And that's what's important at this stage. Let me show you the question again. So how do you know if the lay talker is listening First of all, you're going to see him look at you. You're going to see better eye contact. You're going to see some acknowledgement of, yes, you're right. I agree with you. That's a good thing. You might see a head nod. You might see them come to you. You might see him grabbing you. You might see them bringing you more things. You might see him touching your face more. This is post-surgery. So now a child's able to hear things they couldn't hear. They're going to notice where the sound is coming from. You're going to hold things by your mouth and they're going to start to pay attention to your mouth and listen and look and the, the neurology is going to start to kick in again. 
because all the things that were that were blocking it, the fluid in the ears or the reduced ability to breathe, all that stuff that was blocking natural neurological development is now fixed because you had the surgery. But that doesn't mean things will come back immediately. Remember, you're building neurological processes and that happens over time with experience. So after your surgery, your ear surgeries, you've got to double down on giving more input. Talk more about everything. Those five tips that I just gave earlier are going to be perfect for you. Every experience is a new experience. They didn't hear it the first time. Now you've got to replay everything from the start of your day to the end of your day in super slow easy to understand speech. Slow down, get in their face, talk with a big facial expression so they look and they're appealing to you. Now, if it's too much or the wrong stuff, you'll it'll work like a magnet. If you're attractive and you're cute and you're fun and you're not pressuring and you're not asking questions or making them do things, they will attract right to you. But if you flip, and you start to project out, I want them to do this, I'm prime prompting this, and you're trying to pull things out, it works the other way like a magnet as a repellent. So you will see the late talker avoiding you, shutting you down, running away, crying more, whining more. You're not listening to me. So you have to, it's a, it's a game. You have to really follow them and see what's going on so that you are talking about what they are thinking about, not what you are thinking about. I think your this YZ is going, they don't care what you think. They care about what they think. That whole point of both of these kids is they're in their own head more than they're listening to the world. And you're trying to bring them out so they can engage. And like you said, not sure about when joint attention, you know it. When they're listening, you know it, believe it. Just believe it. Don't test it to see. Don't test and see. Is he really listening? Where is the cow? Where is the thing? Do this thing. You want to be tempted to test them, but don't do it. Because as soon as you start testing, that flips the magnet and you'll repel them. So just trust. Trust that they can hear you. Trust that they like you. If they stay by you, they smile, they look at you, then you're on track. If not, you got to change you. Don't worry about them. You fix them, their speech. Now you've got to provide the right models. Okay, so that's that one. Let's see, I've got another comment here. It says, I always enjoy your ideas. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks for highlighting how everything should be fun. Makes complete sense. Exactly. The kids won't do it if it's not fun. If it isn't fun, it isn't fun. That's why I called my book. If it isn't fun, it isn't fun. You've got to reach them where they are and bring them out into the world. Take your time and enjoy with them and that way they'll have fun. Okay. All right. Now I've got one more question for you. This is live Q&A. Just let me tell you really quick. Let's see how we're going. Oh yeah. 1133. I'm talking very fast today. Got a lot of energy. Maybe trying to get all this in in a short video so you can get these tips. Um, if you have a question in all one post, 
put it there. Let me know a little bit about your kiddos, even if you're watching this on the replay. That's where I get the questions that I'm talking about today. I've got them on replays of other videos that I've put out. All of my content is evergreen. You can watch if you're home on holidays and your kid is visiting someone else and you've got a little time on your own and you want to dig in, you can watch any of my videos. They're good every time of the year, no matter what's going on. Every single video is infused with ideas for you to take with you and try out. Change them, tweak them, use it on your own. That's the whole point of all this. I don't know you. I don't know your life. I don't know your lay talker. You do. I'm just giving you ideas to inspire you. So if your family likes sports and outdoors and doing that stuff, you're going to be spending your winters out playing in the snow. If your family is very introverted and you like reading and computer games and things like that, maybe over the winter you'll teach your kid how to use Photoshop or, you know, some kind of computer game or program that they're learning how to fix. Teach them how to write books and do online graphics with their doodle stuff. Teach them skills that will help them share their wisdom with the world. They'll love you for it. That's what's going to help them. And then they're going to go back to school and show everybody what they learned instead of how far they're behind because they've been sitting around watching Baby Shark and baby, Christmas Baby Shark or whatever all day. Okay. So let's get to the last question today. And it's this one. My son talks the phrases that the teacher says at school or the phrases that I use. So that's great. First of all, that everybody's using phrases and because they're using phrases, the lay talkers using phrases. Now it's not really great communication, is it? It's very much just sort of imitation of what's going on, but it's, is it, this is the question, is this a kind of practicing of speech? He's going to be nine in March, which makes a lot of sense for this kind of speech learning for a late talker. So here's a late, late talker, right? Some of you have, you have kiddos who are under two. This is a mom who is a nine-year-old late talker. And for nine years, they have been using whatever nonverbal communication they made up together. So some things the mom showed the kids and some things the kids show the mom. But in this late talker's case, he's got both teachers and a mom who he trusts say good things, things that will resonate with what he can use. Now, this kind of expression when you have kids that you only hear the kinds of things that you're saying. This is a gestalt learner. This is a child who is literally listening to the combination. They're not learning word by word. So if you were going to analyze and test, does your child know, let's say it's like, hey, everybody come here. Like that's one of the things that a lot of teachers will say, or hey, everybody listen to me. Or, hey, everybody. So that kind of phrase, hey, everybody, is easy for some for a kiddo to pick up because the teacher probably says it a lot of times. It's one of her habitual phrases that she uses. And you probably use the same one all the time. I know I do. I'll say, you know, I, I in different periods of my life, I would go through different phrases I would learn. And I also found myself when I was working with kids who speak Spanish. So Spanish is my second or third probably language that I that I learned. And I'm, I don't know it well, but I was still in the position to facilitate language with late talking kids whose parents and kids, they spoke Spanish and I'm not a Spanish native Spanish speaker. So what I did a lot was give these kids, I learned from my interpreter and the kids and families, key 
phrases, come here, go this way. And I would learn how to match those key phrases with vocabulary that I knew the kiddo understood. So for example, if I was playing with a bus, I would learn the phrase, let's go this way, or everybody sit down, or sit down and put your seatbelt on. And then every character that went on would go through the same story and I would tell the same things. So I was teaching new how to use the two bits, right? The one bit that they memorized from me or mom or whatever together with the other bit of the noun or the label vocabulary that they had memorized because they know what things are. And so combination of those things, hey, give it to me when you teach words, come here that can use, open this, I need help with, you know, that kind of thing. Then they it turns into more useful gestalt language. So it won't be perfect. They'll still be matching chunk with chunk, but it will be more functional. And then when that happens and you get some expression, you always want to reflect or recast the proper way to say it. Oh, you're trying to tell me you want me to dig a deeper hole. You want a bigger hole dug in the sand, you know, or whatever they're telling you, because whatever you're doing isn't right or correct because you've guessed you're, you're doing what you think they want. And when they try to stop you or change you, remember, they've learned that from you. If they start doing something the wrong way, you immediately jump in and stop them from doing that and show them the right way. Your lay talker will learn to do this with you. And that's what's happening here. That's what you want to take advantage of. It's a very helpful, very helpful stage for the lay talker to be in. They're constantly imitating what works for them. So number one, pay attention to what they're saying, because those are the phrases that work, the phrases that pay, I call them, the ones that they know. They learned it because at the time they learned it, it made sense to them. It was the right thing, the right words, said the right way at the right time. So your language models, don't focus so much on what they're saying. They're in learning mode. Focus on what you are saying. So yes, they are practicing and they are trying to use, because remember for nine years, you have in your household been developing whatever you're using now. Before he started to say single words to get what he wanted, you followed him around. And when he pointed to stuff or brought you to stuff or gave you things, you told him what it was. And then he learned the labels. That's the one chunk, right? Now he's listening more because he learned the labels already. He doesn't need to memorize those things anymore. I hope you're not teaching that stuff still, you know, matching and labeling and things like that. This lay talker clearly wants to know how to use these words and phrases that he has memorized. And if you're saying the same old thing over and over again, it's not going to evolve. You have to be a step ahead. So this is the stage where if you're getting a phrase that you hear, you reflect back three 
full sentences back to the late talker with these phrases embedded. Just like I said, oh, you want me to dig a hole. You are building a castle and you need a deeper hole. You want my help. Your shovel is too small. Whatever the situation is, this is what's going on in the late talker's mind. They're thinking all that stuff. I need help. I need a bigger hole. I need this. I need this. They know. They know what they need, but they don't know how to say it. All they know is what they've memorized. And so this memorization, it probably happened because if this child's nine, they spent many, many years with this do this, say this, do this, say this business. And so they learn how to pass these tests. But this nine-year-old, whatever you're doing, um, the mom who's, you know, wrote this st statement, they're, you're using your language facilitation. You're trying, you're saying good things because you're hearing things, right? Now, if you're hearing the exact questions, so if you're asking questions all day and your child is using questions like they're saying, where or can, um, can you cook some eggs when they want to eat? right or things like that they're you know no not no that that would be the ideal thing is can you cook some eggs but they're not saying that thing they're if you, they if you're saying just demonstration of prompts then you're gonna get prompts they're gonna reflect what you're saying that's why telling these stories is gonna really help you about all of this okay so okay let me put this one down here's pretty's got a question um how important is pretend play for language development my 2.9 year old boy does not pretend play he imitates our actions from daily chores but does not pretend play let's say with a toy car so pretty this is a very very important thing to develop with language facilitation i'm glad you asked that question and the reason that your late talker is not doing these things is because you have prompted over prompted imitation you have teach test reward you have said do what i do and then when the late talker does it you reward them so what you've shown them is that now this child is prompt dependent and they don't know how to play and pretend because they don't have any demonstration all they know how to do is what you have demonstrated like you said you're getting imitation but he doesn't know how and it's because he doesn't have any models so what you need to do at this point is you need to start parallel playing with pretend play with your own stuff don't don't take away their toys don't mess with their stuff don't even infringe on their storyline you make your own you show your child how to create a storyline how to identify the characters who are you pretend playing with what is the scene what are they doing why are they doing it and what is their result that's what pretend play is i'm gonna be the mom i want you're gonna be the baby i want they know if you're playing with cars for example why do you what kind of pretend play are you looking for for? Do you want them to play on a road? Do you want them to take it and go get gas? Do you want it to wreck them? What are you looking for? Teach it. If your child isn't going to know how to play with their toys unless they see some models. So if your child is home by yourself and you buy this fabulous toy that you've seen other kids playing with, wow, my kid's going to love this. They don't know what it is. Every situation is new. 
So it's very important that you create a fun experience about, look at this new toy. Look at this new thing. I love it. This is what you can do. And you give examples of it. Why did you buy it? Why did you buy that toy? Why did you buy cars for your child if they're not playing with them? Well, because you want them to learn to play. You've got cars. If you got a play kitchen in your house, same thing. If you got dress up clothes, if you got stuff to make furniture, you know, forts and stuff, blankets and you're making caves and all that stuff. This is what you need to be doing. You should be doing every day. And like you said, pretty, your little guy is already doing jobs. He's already helping you put things in the trash or stir things or put the laundry, whatever you're having him do with you. Those are the things you pretend. Those are the things you pretend. And you can talk about them while you're doing them for real, but then your child has remembered those experiences. Just like the last one that we talked about, You, they've learned how to do the things that you do see them, see how it works, play with it. But again, you can't buy the play kitchen and expect your child to know what to do with it. They don't understand what it is or why it's supposed to be. And if they're just taking things and throwing them or making messes with it, that means they don't understand and they need you. That is their communication to say, I don't know what to do with this thing. And if you're just cleaning them up and putting them back instead of teaching your child what to do with those things, then you're just going to continually clean up messes. And your child thinks that all you do with this stuff is throw it around and clean it up and throw it around and clean it up. And if you want more, you have to model more. So yes, pretend play is important. And the reason that your child is not at 2.9 years doing any pretend play is because they haven't seen it yet. They haven't seen it yet. And I promise you when they do. And this is the other reason that a lot of kids will, um, let me get this one gone. Whoops. Got all these one go away. Um, Oops, it's over here in the banners. Yeah, there we go. All right. So yeah, what happens here is that, you know, your kids get in a comfort zone based on their environment. That's why we look for blockages in three areas. First one is physical, right? So everybody's easy. That's no problem. We can take the kids to the doctor. They can see if they've got ear, nose, and throat issues. We can see if they've got, you know, whatever, blood tests, whatever you do, physical problems, okay? Now, if you can't find any more physical problems, then you need to start looking at the environment and how much language modeling is this child getting? How much prompting are they getting? How much um, what I call the, you know, the, the valet treatment? Are they, you know, is food arriving for them and they're getting dressed by holding their arms out and it's just happening for them in their world? That's a very significant comfort zone that a lot of late talkers get into because remember it's just easier to get through the day if we just get him dressed or get him fed or get him pottied or get him whatever this is facilitating independence with language facilitation what you want to do over your holidays is get something more independent empower the late talker to be a big kid little kids and babies are valets and princesses and princes those those who develop big kids, those who want to be CEOs, the ones that are solving problems and doing stuff and they want to learn, they don't want comfort zone stuff. If they're addicted in their phone and they're watching videos in different languages and they're doing their exploration on a device, that is your sign that you're not doing enough. You're not giving them enough real life experiences where they can learn to share their wisdom with the world. And that's what's necessary. 
okay? If you want to empower a child who is not using speech, and especially if they're older than two or three, I mean, this is when the kids should be starting to talk. And if they're not every day trying harder, this is what you're going for. Every single day, you want to see effort from this late talking child. I want to listen. I want to learn what that's about. Some days they spend more time listening. Other days they spend more time jibber jabbering and talking and practicing speech. We all move through our development in certain ways. When you're connected with the late talker, you can help them every day. Oh, he needs, he's, he's in listening mode. I got to give more. He's in practice mode. I got to give a little bit more space and listen and guide what I hear. You play the game as a language facilitator through your connection. When you're connected, you know whether you should be talking more or giving space. You don't say, I wonder. You know because you're connected. Okay, and that's kind of what it's all about in 2022. I'm showing you more and more ways. Now, remember, that's environmental. Now, mindset is also this level of connection because you can be talk, talk, talking, talk, talk, talking, talk, talk, talking, but without connection, without that mindset of, I trust that what I'm saying, because I'm connected with this late talker, I trust myself. I trust the late talker. I trust the environment because I set it up. I trust his physical well-being because we saw the doctors or the chiropractors or the homeopathic, blah, 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 blah. Now let's get to work. Let's focus on our language. The environment is set up. I'm not going to worry if it's not going to work. What if it doesn't? What if he's behind? What if I did all this for no reason? What if, what if, what if? You made a plan. Stick to it. That's why your itinerary is so important because you will try to get pulled off. There will be triggers. Somebody will say what you're doing is not good. It always happens. And it happens especially when you really get into it and you're giving, 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 and you look silly and you look wild and you're making mistakes and because you're taking risk, because you're pushing out of your comfort zone. A lot of people don't like it when you're out of your comfort zone, your aunties, your whatever. But those therapists, those doctors, those coaches, those friends, those people who want to see this child improve will appreciate the fact that you're making effort, you, to make it happen. You're not sending your kid to the clinic or doing whatever. You are doing it. And if you want to document it, that's when you get the workbook because it's going to help you get through the whole process. Teach you what level your child is. Teach you what strategies to use with that level. Teach you how to create activities and find a focus topic. And then create those situations where you're going to be using it at least four times a day, if not more often. Focusing on that topic. If you teach a topic two to three hours a day, every day, your kiddo is going to learn it because you're focused. And then when they learn it, you move on to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one over and over and over and over and over as you keep going through your language facilitation journey. And it never ends. It never ends. If you're not seeing improvement, it means you need to up the ante. You need to make a change because when you make a change, your kiddo does. But when you don't, when you wait for it to happen, you'll keep waiting. Okay, you create your future with language facilitation. Okay, whoo, big energy is coming out today because I'm fueled up by what's going on and everything. And and I am here to create change. I'm here to create you, you to take an action. It's not time for a break. It's not time for a break. It's time to get 
to work. It's time to connect with the late talker, but it doesn't have to feel like work. It's fun every day, but you're focused on improvement. You're focused on evolution. You're focused on advancement. You're not focused on what happened before or what you did or old decisions you made. You made the decision for your plan now. You're watching this video now to get some inspiration, to get some ideas about it. And I hope it's getting into you because this is it. We're here for the holidays and I'm here with you the whole period of time. So if you have questions, you have concerns, put a comment on a video like this one. Send me a message. Visit me on wavesofcommunication.com. Send me an email. Let me know what's going on. I'll let you know what I recommend for you. You can have a video consultation call with me. You can send me videos and have me analyze your situation and tell me what's going on. But I promise you, it's not going to help you unless you start to look at your situation yourself. You come for coaching when you get stuck. Go practice these strategies. See what you're doing. Come back and get guidance when you get stuck. If you're stuck and you don't know what to do, find out what to do next to get you moving. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you have been inspired to have some fun and take some inspired action on your unique language facilitation journey. With a whole range of waves of communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. This tool is helping parents worldwide create non-stop language facilitation opportunities that elevate spoken language beyond even their own expectations. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.